Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti, and on tonight's episode, we are going to be discussing the beast that is hustle culture. Someone is angry outside. (laughs) Anyway, so tonight's episode was kind of bred, if you will, from just me having a very sobering realization while not sober. (laughs) I was out the other night with some friends and we were, you know, drinking, talking about just our lives and, you know, our lives in New York and, you know, did we think we were going to end up here? Did we, you know, expect our lives to look like this when we were, you know, crossing the stage at graduation? Are we happy? Is this our end-all be-all? Are we going to move somewhere else or, you know, what's, what's in store? Um, like all of those sorts of chats that you have, you get with, you know, you get in with your girlfriends when you're out, you know, trying to have a fun time and then you get all emotional (laughs) for no reason. Um, and it really got me to thinking about just how hard we all work. You know, all of my friends and I, we work really hard all week. Then, you know, we, we look forward to Friday on Monday. We have our Friday plans like in stone on Monday, you know, afternoon at work and, then we get, you know, ridiculously wasted. Not really. Okay, that's kind of an exaggeration. We we drink. We go out. We have, like, a really crazy fun time on Friday night. Then Saturday we wake up and we do it all over again in the daytime, you know, or do something. Just we, we really, really, like, squeeze every little ounce of the weekend out. We, we don't waste a single second of the weekend, okay? Because we're looking forward to it all week when we're sitting at our desks at work. And then Sunday comes along, which is where we are right now um, when I'm recording this. And we're either, you know, just exhausted, hungover, a number of things from our crazy weekends. And then we get to wake up tomorrow uh, on Monday and do it all over again. And it becomes this vicious cycle of working our butts off all week because we feel like we have to. And it's not just, you know, your nine to five, but I feel like a lot of us have this this tendency to really, really just, you know, go to town, go, you know, work out in the morning before work, go to work, then we have our side hustles, we have our hobbies, we have our, you know, million hinge dates that we go on a week because we're convinced that we need a boyfriend. And we just, I feel like we have... We do a lot of things that we feel like we need to and we, we're supposed to do. And there's this thing in society that's so worshipped these days. And it's it's honestly, when you look at it, it's, it's burnout culture. Burnout culture is worshipped these days. People think, you know, if you have like a million things on your plate, you're doing a million things all at once and you're constantly on the go, constantly posting really awesome things on your Instagram story, then you must be killing it. You know, that's that's the equivalent of killing it is doing all this stuff, making money, doing, you know, getting promoted, all sorts of things. And we we look at that as being a sign of someone's well-being, how busy they are, how much they're hustling, how much they're grinding, you, you know, um what's there's a quote, it's like don't stop when you're tired, stop when it's done, which again, glorifies burnout culture, which is really, really terrible for the mind and the spirit and the, you know, just your well-being uh, as a human being. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight. And I'm going to talk about some stories from high school that, again, I, I totally forgot 
even happened. I feel like this always is the case. It's like, oh, I completely forgot that that happened. And then, you know, I was in the shower and I was thinking about hustle culture and then it just popped right into my brain. And I'm like, wait, I literally just bottled up all those emotions from high school and threw it out the window. But here it is again. So anyway, I'm going to take a nice long sip of water because... Yeah, I'm not drinking wine uh, tonight because I I need as much uh, hydration as I can get given how many uh, tequila sodas I had last night. So, all right, so let's take it away with a little discussion about where we think burnout culture, hustle culture, doing a million things in a day culture, you know, to show off on our Instagram stories came from. Okay, where where was this, you know, where did it originate in our timeline of existence? You know, wh- when did this begin? Why is it a thing? And I think this is kind of a given, but I think it all kind of goes back to when we were kids. You know, when we were raised, we were raised with the idea that the harder that we worked, the better our future would be and the more rewards we would reap if we worked really hard stayed in school, didn't do drugs, did all the right things, made the right friends, stayed out of trouble, whatever. Like, that, you know, we thought, because our, our parents told us, our teachers told us, our coaches told us, that the harder we worked, the better our futures would be, essentially. And so now we're still in that mindset, thinking that the harder that we work in our jobs, in our social lives, in our love lives, you know, the more dates we go on, the more... Uh, parties we go to, the more XYZ, you know, casual drinks with friends we go to, the better off we'll be. And a lot of us get extremely deflated and extremely strung out when the, the hard work that we put in doesn't translate to the reward. And I think that there's something so wrong with how that was the championed idea growing up is like the harder you work, the better the reward will be, the better your results. And I think that, I mean, obviously you want to instill this idea that everyone should work hard for what the things that they want and for their goals and et cetera. But I think that there's an issue with that only because maybe not the whole idea, but parts of the idea, the phrasing of the idea, because I think that in doing so, in worshiping hard work, we kind of place all of our eggs in an external basket, meaning we, we focus or we, we kind of almost give all of our happiness to the random trials and the random patterns of the universe. I always talk about the universe. I'm obsessed with the universe. But we almost, we put all of our happiness in the hands of something that is external, completely outside of us. And it, it doesn't live internally, really. Because yes, hard work kind of comes from the inside, comes from the internal, but I think that a lot of it, a lot of what we do is kind of, it's kind of passionless work in the sense that I feel like a lot of the work that we do isn't really mandated by the things we care about. It's almost, we think that doing these things will, will get us closer to the things we actually care about somehow, which is very interesting that we think that these kind of unrelated jobs and unrelated, like it's just, it's so interesting to me because you know, I feel like it's life is just so unfair, you know, and that's a given as well. Like I remember being raised, my dad would always say, you know, oh, life's not fair. But that's the reason I feel like why we're so unhappy because we we do all this hard work, a lot of times work that we don't really care about or work that seems kind of half-baked, like, you know, it's only a piece of, 
it doesn't like bring us total fulfillment. I mean, work is work at the end of the day. It's not going to be all sunshines and roses and rainbows, even if you own the company. You know, there's going to be ups and downs in any sort of money making venture. But I think just maybe aside from work, but just in general, you know, the people we spend our time with, the the places we go, the parties we go to, the bars we go to. Um, the books we read, you know, like comes down to even like the things we buy at the grocery store, the workouts we do at the gym. It's like a lot of these things, we, we do these things, we go to these things because we feel like we have to. And we feel like somehow by checking all of these boxes, by doing all of these things, we'll somehow get closer to ultimate happiness. But the kicker is, I think that ultimate happiness, like ultimate true through and through happiness is something that like this is going to sound cheesy but it's something that truly does come from within okay like you can do all these things externally you know go out into the world and work your butt off and attend all these new york fashion week parties this has really been instilled in me this week because of new york fashion week and everything and everyone asking me why i'm not going to new york fashion week stuff um you know it's nothing I'm passionate about fashion. I like fashion. I have a passion for fashion. (laughs) But I feel like a lot of New York Fashion Week events, you know, aside from maybe the runway shows and some of the installations and such, I think a lot of it is just for clout. Granted, there definitely are people that go to New York Fashion Week shows for real, true intentions of going and learning about fashion. And there's a lot of people like that that I follow and I really respect. But there's also some people I think we can all kind of agree that go to these things and kind of hype them up like I I follow people that have like close friends um little like options on their story and they'll post something for their followers to see that's like oh look at me at this this show or this installation for fashion week and then they'll have a close friends snap right after that saying like fuck this I hate this show I hate this xyz whatever or this kind of sucked or this is like underrated or or overrated sorry overrated and I just think it's so interesting the parallel between what other people see and what we truly think about things and sometimes we we literally do things just because we feel like we have to even though we're kind of just really miserable (laughs) in doing so like I've been to some um, some bars with some friends like this is like a low-key example but been to some bars with some friends and there's some that we've waited like you know not like an insanely long time but like waited in line to like get into situation and once we get inside I'm like wait what the like why what is the hype there's no I would rather go to a dive bar any day of the week than a club you know that like there's so much hype around getting a table at a club like word to the wise dive bars in New York with like six dollar beers way more fun than a club okay in my humble opinion but anyway so that's just a little low-key example but so essentially hustle culture stems from I mean I've said this before on a podcast you know stress is caused by being here and wanting to be there and so I think that you know by hustling by working really extremely hard and posting when we're leaving the office at nine o'clock at night because we want people to see how hard we work it's it's something that will never be as fulfilling as the moment when we realize in our hearts what we want to do and we do just that. Because 
you know, in this past year, I've kind of realized this a little bit more than I have in the past because I've been such a people pleaser for so much of my life. And living in New York especially has kind of instilled this in me because people are so selfish here <laughs> to the point where, I mean, like a kind of a good kind of selfish where people know what they want here and they, they get it quite literally. And they will not, if you're in their way, they will plow you down. They don't care. <laughs> like, I mean, it's taken a lot of getting used to, especially coming from North Carolina where I went to college and everyone there is very syrupy sweet, very considerate, you know, almost to a fault, but North Carolina versus New York, huge, huge difference in that, in that sense. But so I feel like hustle culture, kind of going back to the, the root of this whole episode, um, I think that hustle culture and just the obsession with productivity that we all kind of have, I think a lot of it has to do with just this human desire that we, we have, okay? Humans have this desire for purpose. They have a hunger for meaning, finding meaning in everything, but also the biggest, you know, meaning of all is just what what are we doing here? Why am I here? What differentiates me from, you know, my friend? Like, what what is my meaning as a human being? And so we search for that meaning in all the places where we're taught to search. A job, you know, the college of our dreams, a, a soulmate, a spouse, having kids, doing all the right things, you know, meal prepping, <laughs> going to the gym, three to five times a week, doing all the things we're supposed to do or we think we're supposed to do. Read books, read the newspaper, be in the know, but also be fun and have a social life and get your nails done and do everything you're supposed to do. But quite frankly, it drives me insane because I just, there's just no way, there's not enough hours in the day to get all this stuff done, first of all. But I think that so much of, you know, the hustling and the productivity chasing that we do, it's kind of taken on almost kind of like a spiritual quality we kind of worship it it's like a, a god okay the productivity and it's almost something that it's like a religion that we practice because it, it's something that it makes sense to us you know we think that like I said before the harder we work the better our result and the better our gain and so we think that we, we even even when the productivity hustle burnout culture defeats us you know even when it kind of shows its ugly rears its ugly head and shows us that it's not the best way to live we still go back to it it's like a you know it's like an ex-boyfriend we still return because it's really the only thing that we know because when we're growing up of course when we're really young or much younger in elementary school and whatever we're we're encouraged to try a lot of things to figure out what our passions are because ultimately all of these passions correlate to jobs and correlate to money. So if you're really passionate about math as a kid and, you know, like a, a little boy is passionate about math, professors are like, oh, or, or teachers. I always call them professors now because of college. Teachers are like, oh, he's going to be in finance one day. He's going to be an accountant. And so it's almost like in elementary school or when we're really young, we're, these passions that we're excited about and that we're encouraged, it's like once we get older, it's like, Oh, like, you know, when you're a painter as a kid, you like love finger painting and you're creative. It's like, oh, that could correlate into being really creative with ad campaigns or designing, you being an art director for a major brand and still like correlates or still relates to dollar signs. Okay. But 
and now it's almost less exciting or less glorified. No one's you know giving you a gold star for painting a picture anymore, unless you're a world-renowned artist. People think that a lot of things. I mean, like I I am a very creative person and I really love creative jobs, and I've realized that first of all, the salary is never going to be as good in some. I don't want to say like all. I'm just generalizing here. I'm. Or I don't want to generalize, but I'm just giving what I I know. So I don't want to offend anyone. But it's it's quite sad to be honest. I've looked into jobs like being an art director or being more of like a uh, I love you know Adobe. I love Photoshop. I love InDesign. I love things like that. And so designing things is something I'm really passionate about. So I wanted for a, lo- a long time to just do that, like just be a designer. And then I realized how the pay grade is just nothing like what it would be if I was, you know, in this other type of role, like in marketing or in a more business. It's just so interesting once you get to the point of researching salaries, how different it is. And it's almost like these things that it's just really hard to do a job that you're really, really freaking passionate about and you like literally are head over heels in love with that also pays well enough that you can support yourself and doesn't, you know, make you so stressed you want to die. And it's just, it's such a weird balance. It's almost like we need to choose jobs that we're not even passionate about just to stay afloat. So, like, that's my dilemma. That's one of my dilemmas. (laughs) Because, I mean, and also just living in the culture or the society where it's like, I do the job that I feel like I have to do during the day, and then I have these little side hustles that I'm actually really passionate about, but if I quit my day job, I wouldn't be making enough money to do the side hustles, you know, to keep them to be, what's it called, sustainable with them, but then also support myself in this apartment, in my dream city, and go out and be lavish with my friends on the weekends buying $20 drinks. It's like it, the balance isn't there. It's off kilter if I eliminate everything that I do that I'm not passionate about. You know what I mean? So it's this struggle. It's not this like clear answer. You know, when you talk to people that some people are like, you know, you have to only do things you're passionate about, do only things that you love, whatever. Like the, it, When people say stuff like that, I just, I'm honestly like, do you even believe the things that you're saying? Because yes, I think it's so important to have passions and have hobbies and have things you're excited about. But I think in life that there's just, you're going to do things you don't want to do. Okay. And that's just how it is. I think that it's important that the things that you like to do and the things you want to do outweigh or there's more of them in quantity than the things that you do that you don't want to do because let's be real I hate going to the doctor I hate going to the gynecologist I hate breaking up with people (laughs) like the shitty things that I'm not passionate about and I don't love but I do them because a my health b my sanity and you know but I have all these other things that I really love to do and I think that this past year has been a lot you know done I've done a lot of soul searching in the past year like I said, I've gotten very good at kind of understanding that I, sometimes I need to be a little selfish and I need to not be such a people pleaser. And that's something that I've, it's been my goal for a long time. I feel like in high school, I was such a freaking little uh, people pleaser. I was a teacher's pet. I was like, I needed everyone to love me and no one did, or not a lot of people did. I think only really three people actually liked me in high school because as I discussed, I was bullied for my YouTube channel and everything. And I have another story I'm going to share on that in a few minutes or so. But basically, you know, people pleasing is in the past. (laughs) But like I said, I think that I think that the issue is we place, like I said, we we place all of our 
happiness and an external situation. So we, we think that all these other things that we do or outside sources will bring us full happiness. And, you know, when you chalk it up, when you add all these things that we do, you know, going to the gym every day and having a boyfriend and going to drinks with our girlfriends and posting it on Instagram and having a really great Instagram feed will equate to 100% happiness. And we forget, or we just don't even quite frankly think that, that we, we don't really have high regard for ourselves, I don't think. We, we almost, all of our happiness, even the lens that we think people are looking through to see our happiness, it all goes back to other people and outside entities. And we don't really consider that we have everything or almost everything that we need to be happy inside us already. It's like we already have it, but we're, we're constantly searching for it. We're searching for that fulfillment. We're searching for that purpose. We're searching for, you know, the, we, we're hungry for the meaning in our lives. And we forget that so much of that is already inside of us, you know, and it sounds so poetic and kind of cliche, but truly, I think that we, we don't listen to ourselves. We really don't listen to ourselves enough. And we're so caught up in the, the, in the go, in the, the hustle, in the burnout that will ensue, and so focused on that, that we don't remember that we have these very unique desires and unique thoughts and things that pull at our heartstrings that sometimes we're scared to admit and we're scared to talk about. You know, there's kind of, it's almost like, um, what is it? It's like... Uh, guilty pleasures kind of you know like things that we we really love and we really like to do and we really you know find this fulfillment in that it's almost like a guilty thing because we feel like either a it doesn't like give us any monetary gain or b i feel like there's for whatever reason sometimes it's gotten less sexy to have a hobby <laughs> like i feel like i've i've quite a few acquaintances and friends that they go to work they work out they eat dinner and they go to bed or they'll occasionally go, you know, they'll go out on the weekends and whatever, but they'll do the pretty normal things that everyone kind of does, you know, go to a bar, watch the game, like whatever, but they don't have any hobbies or any things that they do that they don't quote unquote need to do. And that honestly breaks my heart a lot because I feel like I would be absolutely nothing if it wasn't for my little, little things that I do like this, like podcasting, like drawing, like you know, making art of any nature or kind, writing, painting, drawing, doodling, all the little things that I do, you know, it doesn't have to be creative. It can be like just really anything that's not either a moneymaker or going to make you, I mean, working out, I think can be a passion and like, you know, dancing or doing any sort of physical activity can be a, ho- be a hobby and be a passion for sure. But I think, I mean, for the most part, I go to the gym because I, I want to stay fit. <laughs> I don't go to the gym because I'm passionate about it, but that's just me. It's different for everyone. I actually really despise working out with a burning passion of a thousand suns, but I try to stay healthy. So I, you know, whatever. So I don't get winded by walking up the stairs. But anyway, so I think it's just so important that you take a long, hard look at yourself and figure out why do I get out of bed in the morning? Like, actually, why? Not, you know, what other people think or what I'm supposed to say when people ask me that question. Why do I actually do it? What do I look forward to in this life? What gets my heart super inflated and excited? 
when I'm doing that thing? You know, what is that? And how can I do more of that and do less of the things that I don't want to do? And sometimes it means, guys, it means being picky about who we spend our time with, about what we do with our time, about how many things we say yes to and some things that we say no to that we think we should say yes to and we can say yes to, but we know in our hearts we would have a better time doing this other thing that might be as not, might not be as glamorous. Like there's been days where I haven't gone to parties or I haven't gone to get drinks with someone or get coffee with someone or whatever. And just because I know in my heart like I'm either really anxious about something or I, I just feel like I need to say no. But I've been such a people pleaser all my life that sometimes I feel like I can't do that because I can go, but I just feel like, you know what I mean? It's that, it's that push and pull of like, I can, but you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should always, you know? You don't have to always go to the party, okay? All right, so taking a quick little break to introduce tonight's sponsor. Tonight's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh, which is America's number one meal kit, where you can get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your front door. I love HelloFresh, as you guys know. I've talked about it numerous times in the podcast, and I've also talked about the fact that I cannot cook to save my life. So HelloFresh makes cooking at home very easy, like unbelievably easy okay you know all you have to do is cook and enjoy which are two things that I I like to do I'm not good at cooking really but HelloFresh like I said makes it super easy and they give you really prescriptive really detailed guides on how to prepare the food and they quite literally put the food at your front door so you know you have no excuse it's it's all right there it makes you know cooking delicious meals at home a reality regardless of your comfort in the kitchen and it also helps me break out of my recipe rut because I feel like a lot of times I get very hooked on just making the same boring meals over and over again like you know getting home from work and just you know popping something in the microwave and just you know having a very subpar meal but HelloFresh helps me break my recipe rut and try new things that I've never tried before. And I've actually learned that I've liked, I actually like some ingredients that I didn't know I liked before. You know, I'm really uh, hesitant with, you know, some seasonings and some types of um, marinades and things. And so HelloFresh has helped me realize that I actually do like some things that I never knew I liked before. And uh, you can always you know, add meals to your order. It's very flexible um, or add some add-ons like garlic bread and cookie dough and fun things. And you can easily change your delivery days. It's super customizable. Um, And they have more five-star recipes than any other meal kit. So you know you'll get something delicious in every box. Quite honestly, I've gotten a little addicted to takeout and ordering stuff on apps and such. And so this has helped me tremendously, first of all, save money, but then second of all, just you know, really just break out of my comfort zone and try some new things, which is always good. You should always do one thing every day that scares you and cooking is one of them. So I love HelloFresh. It makes cooking easy. And as always, I do have a special deal for you guys. So for $80 off of your first month of HelloFresh, go to hellofresh.com slash KDB80. So that's K-A-T-Y-B as in boy, eight zero and enter kdb80 and that's basically the equivalent of having eight free meals or you get twenty dollars off your first four boxes and all you have to do is go to hellofresh.com slash kdb80 and enter code kdb80 so that's it for tonight's sponsor thank you to hellofresh and let's get on with the episode all right so now we've reached the point of the episode where i'm going to divulge some secrets from my youth slash just stories that 
I guess, or kind of just lost in the archives of my mind. And I forgot that it even happened, quite frankly. So this was something that came to me in the shower today. <laughs> just a reminder of something that I went through in high school. Um, because, I mean, I've mentioned this before. I feel like a broken record, but I was not treated very well in high school. So naturally, a lot of my memories from that time are kind of like just boxed up under my bed t- situation because... Um, I, I just, you know, it wasn't like a great time in my life, so I didn't want to, you know, dwell on it and think about it constantly, so a lot of those memories have been kind of just pushed out of my mind, um, you know, in one way or another, so I did remember, though, um, basically, okay, so my town, my hometown in Maryland was kind of known, honestly, for like the whole premise of this episode, for just being ridiculously productive and working ridiculously hard at school and at sports. And if you weren't on a sports team, you basically had no life, uh, no social life, because that was a big part of the culture, you know, just excelling and doing extremely well in all areas of life, you know, and maintaining the perfect family status and going to the, the, the best basement parties in town was glorified. And that was like the end all be all, like how you were popular was having a great family, great grades. You were on a sports team and were starting a starting player on the team and drove a nice car and had an awesome girlfriend that you lost your virginity to or like ex-boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Um, Yeah, like that situation. And I'm sure that's kind of similar to a lot of people's high school experience. But um, yeah, so that's kind of the, the preface to my story. So a lot of It was very unfortunate, but we had a lot of suicides. In a five-year span, we had four suicides. Um, Kids, you know, children, not children, but young adults, so teenagers, and most of which all went to my high school. So it was really, in in my neighborhood, not my neighborhood, in my community, I guess you could say as a whole, it was kind of, people were kind of panicking. They're like, all the kids are killing themselves, why what can we do to help this or stop this you know epidemic and make kids feel like they don't need to end their lives and that they have so much more living to do there was a girl that committed suicide in my grade you know at the age of i think we were 16 or 17 at the time and it's just it's heartbreaking because she had so much more life to live so many more you know high school is not the end it's not the deciding factor of whether or not you are a good human or a a waste of space you know and so it's just it was heartbreaking so in with that our school especially you know, had a lot of efforts to just stop it and you know give people or kids the help that they need and you know educate people on depression and anxiety and things like that and so we had a lot of you know extra classes we took to educate us on that stuff and health class we did like a whole unit on suicide prevention and stuff like that and so um, myself and about three other kids so like I said I wasn't really loved in school so I of course turned to the faculty so I was very loved by teachers which is just always the telltale sign of someone who just has no friends because I was you know the teachers were my best friends and so um, some of the administrative people that I was close with because I did a lot of extracurriculars. I was in the newspaper. I was editor-in-chief of newspaper and stuff. Uh, we worked together to make this club called Students Taking Actions Responsibly. So it was called STAR for short. Um, and basically what we did was, this, this was when I first discovered my passion for making videos. So 
every week we had this homeroom period that I think everyone honestly has and I would make a video every week so myself and like we had other people in the club obviously so we had like a, a club of like 10 people I think it was pretty small and we'd meet every week and work on these videos that we had a subject matter each week and so we would tackle a subject matter in each video relating back to confidence and just trying to help people feel a little bit less miserable and worthless in high school which is a lot of people feel that way and so we made this club and I would work my butt off on these videos every week you know I would stay up super late my mom would be like very concerned for my well-being because I would spend so much time on these videos and I mean Yes, I obviously did it because I thought that obviously, you know, suicide prevention is important and that, you know, it's a real, real problem. And I wanted people to see that they are worth something. And I think that's another reason why I do these episodes every week and why I make my videos. I really just want people to realize that they are, they're great, you know, they're awesome. They're better than they think they are in so many ways. And, but that was one big reason, but there was also a pretty selfish reason why I did it. And it's because because I was really not well-liked in high school and because I wasn't cool and I wanted to be cool because that's what everyone wants when they're in high school and they don't really see the full picture and they just think that that's the, the way to be happy and to be awesome is to be cool, whatever that means. And so I thought that making these videos and showing people my talent for editing because that's the one thing I was really, really convinced that I was good at, you know? I was subpar at sports, subpar at school. I got really so-so grades, and I, I was so-so at a lot of things, but editing and making videos was something I knew I was good at, and that was my strength, and people knew that about me. So by making these videos every week, I thought that people would think I was cool, would see these videos and really be like, you know, I, I would be cool because of this and people would invite me to parties and stuff and things that are so superficial and so selfish but like yeah that was another huge reason why I did it and of course high school you know people are people whatever I'll leave it at that kind of so yeah and so I worked so hard on these videos thinking that I would get this ultimate reward of being cool and spoiler alert it never came if anything people used me once they found out that I was you know I was getting views on YouTube people wanted to kind of you know secondhand get that fame quote-unquote that I had and so that was the reason why a lot of you know popular people even talked to me was because of that and I will never forget though just like how the whispers in the hallway you know the people talking about me and tweeting about me and you know when Twitter was huge back when I was in high school um for you know subtweeting and everything and you know people made fun of my outfit posts on Instagram <laughs> now that's literally my brand and that's what everyone does and every influencer that you've ever known takes mirror photos and that was the biggest thing people mocked me for in high school so you know kind of going back to the whole hustle culture idea like why am I telling you this it's like I worked so hard on this what I thought you know would give me happiness but truly it was just external based happiness yes there was part of me that did actually have a passion for making these videos but for the most part it was it was very much driven by by what I thought I would get from it and I thought people would think I was cool because of that and this, this gets me so heated because I honestly just want to reach back into the past and shake myself because I think I was doing everything right, so to speak. You know, I was chasing my passions. I was making these videos. I was doing things, you know, that I, I was passionate about, you know, being on the newspaper despite 
the stigma, you know, that comes along with being on the newspaper. It's like, yes, I was a nerd, I guess, you know, in some regard. But I was doing all the right things, but I was just expecting... I just couldn't handle the idea that I was lacking some in some way, you know, not being cool. I just, I couldn't handle, I couldn't, like, just, I couldn't wrap my mind around why I was so disliked, you know, and why people didn't like me. And yes, of course, like my mom would say, they were just jealous. People are jealous or people, you know, if guys are mean to you, that means they like you and all those little things and nuances and whatever. But, you know, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't grasp it. And so I was, you know, working my ass off trying to change people's minds about me when truly that even if I was quote unquote popular, there was a huge chance I would still not feel fulfilled and still not feel fully happy. And I think the issue sometimes is people think that if they work super hard and they get this thing, if they lose this weight, if they get this promotion, that they'll sit back and be like, wow, now I'm finally fully happy. You know what? Like, that's it. I'm finally, I've finally achieved everything that I've ever wanted in life. Like, you know, okay, I'm going to wash my hands of this now because I'm happy now. I don't have to do any more work. I'm done. You know, kick my feet up, whatever. You know, you'll meet the, the richest people, the most successful people in the world who feel like, or, you know, you feel like have it all. And that probably live the most luxurious, you know, relaxed life and you'll talk to them and they still feel unfulfilled. They still feel like there's something out there that they need to accomplish and that they need to get or do. You know, it's, it's almost like it's a never-ending game of what's going to make me happy in this given moment and how do I get that? You know, and, and how do I completely disregard a lot of my needs and not get enough sleep and not, you know, fully even enjoy what I'm doing? How do I, how do, I do that? How do I get what I, what I want? you know, and it's, that's what we've been chasing. And it gets to the point where I think we have to honestly sit ourselves down and ask ourselves, am I doing this because I want to, or because I feel like I have to, you know, am I doing this because I actually care? Do I actually want to do this? And like I said, I think that if the majority of the things that you're spending your time on, you can't say that you actually enjoy or actually want to do, you should really, really reevaluate your priorities. And I think you need to be honest with yourself because sometimes we lie to ourselves. We think, we, we convince ourselves that we're happy at our jobs. We convince ourselves that we're happy, you know, with this, with this boyfriend or something. And we, we know, you know, we're being sneaky kind of with ourselves because we know the, true, the truth, you know. We know it. But sometimes we just, we want so hard not to know it. We want so hard for it to not be the reality that we kind of sugarcoat everything. And, you know, sugar, you can't sugarcoat everything in life, you know, because some things are, are cold, hard fact and stare you in the face and they're not happy and they're not cute. And you need to confront these demons just as much as you need to confront anything in life. You know, you need to, you need to realize when you're lying to yourself and reprioritize your life. And I think another area where we need to kind of reevaluate is just being realistic about how many things we can actually accomplish in one day. Because I think that we have a tendency of thinking we can do it all or signing ourselves up for a million things and, you know, just being kind of subpar at all the things rather than doing a few things really well. So I, I have made it kind of my, my mission as of late to do one thing really well every day. You know, just to knock one thing out of the park 
each day, you know, that I, I can feel really, you know, powerful about or like very proud of myself for one, one major thing a day. If you can do more, fine, that's great, but don't, you know, kill yourself to do it. Like just focus on one or two things you want to do really well each day. And if that, you know, some days are really hard and that looks different on some days. It looks like just getting out of bed was my one really good thing I did today. But other days it's like I had a really awesome workout where I, you know, feel really, you know, powerful. I feel really I mean, obviously for me, it's a little hard because I, I don't like always love working out, but there's some days where I go for a nice run around the park and I'm like, that was a really, that was a really good part of my day. And I look back and I'm like, I'm really glad I did that. You know, be, feel accomplished like that in one area of your life every day. You know, if that means leading a really awesome, productive meeting at work or giving a presentation or, you know, putting yourself out there and going on a date that you're scared about going on scared as in you're just like nervous and you don't want to put yourself out there or standing up for yourself or I don't know just any sort of thing that makes you feel like just good about yourself okay focus on one thing maybe you know there's sometimes like some days where you'll accomplish a lot of things but I think that I think that we we focus too much on the quantity and not the quality of the things that we're doing and I think that that kind of dilutes the quality of all of the things that we're doing because, you know, if you're going going out to you get drinks with a friend and you're trying to really connect with them, but you're also in the back of your mind realizing all the, the deadlines, whoa, I just stuttered, the deadlines piling up and this really hard day you have at work tomorrow or this workout class you have in 30 minutes that you're going to meet. You know, I think a lot of our lives is consumed by having very lackluster experiences because we're worried so much about something else that's looming, you know, something else that we don't focus on being in the moment and being present and actually, you know, having great, whoa, I just pushed my computer, um, having, having fun and just feeling fulfilled in the moment of things. We're so, you know, next, 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 like what's next, what's next, what's looming, what's in the future, what's the next project I should be working on, what is my next job, what is my next, I don't know, paycheck, date, number of things, a number of things. And we don't like just chill out for five seconds to actually enjoy what we're doing. And that's a problem, I think. And that goes back to burnout culture. The whole thing revolves around this, this idea that the more things you can accomplish in the day, the more things that you're, you're, you're prepared for, the better. And the better your life will be somehow. And I, I saw this really great quote that I do want to talk about before I sign off here tonight. Um, a subscriber sent this to me. It says... Given the culture of academia is organized around overworking and productivity, we are only comfortable resting after we get exhausted. Rest is not a, a reward. It's a mandatory part of life that should not be conditional. We have to prioritize ourselves better. And that was going to be my final point of you know prioritizing ourselves. But I think that that's so valid too because I feel like after we do something that's really hard and really backbreaking type of work, we reward ourselves with a nice glass of wine and laying in bed and watching TV and we don't think that that can be an activity or like a, a task in itself. We don't prioritize rest enough. I don't think we do. And even in the culture of self, self-care self and like self-care culture and whatever, I still think a lot of that is for, for the looks and for the vanity of it and for the posting on Instagram of it and not so much of actually prioritizing ourselves and our needs and sitting down and actually 
doing a face mask because we we need it our skin needs it it's more like okay how can I show people that I am living my best life right now you know so I think that's another really big thing that we need to consider and just kind of a, a good parting point in my opinion you know I just think you know if there's one thing you can take from this video it's prioritize yourself better listen to yourself better be a better listener to yourself and just grasp this idea that hustle culture implies that external factors will give us internal validation so external things all these external things that we can't control that it's often unfair we cannot fully attribute all of our happiness to all of those things because there's a lot of untapped potential internal inside us so that's really that's the last thing I want to say <laughs> okay so that's it for this uh, episode of thick and thin hope you guys enjoyed and I will talk to you guys all in my next episode bye guys